Hi, podcasting from New York. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. This is Pushing Boundaries. Most of today's commentary on complex social issues is binary, unproductive, and flat-out lazy. With this podcast, I'm looking to hopefully elevate these conversations, and as a lifelong educator, hopefully learn a few things along with you. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. When do I go back to school? When do I go back to work? Many of us are still working remotely. Many of us have gotten acclimated to working from home. Many of us have adjusted to the life outside of the brick and mortar. But as you know, in the city of New York, the mayor is looking to bring everyone back to work. And for good reason, because foot traffic improves the economy. We need people to ride the subways, to buy to buy groceries and, and lunch and breakfast from the local stores on the way to work, to use the Metro card for transportation, to drive into work. All of those represent earnings and mo- ways that the city can make money. Makes sense. However, We're talking about people having to transition from the world of remote work and remote school. One of the things that come out to me that was striking for me coming out of uh, the remote platform was my stamina. It was difficult to be functional outside of my home for a full day, especially for the first three months. You know, getting back into the routine of physically being up. And not that you weren't physically up in your own home, but physically being up and moving to commute to work. You know, to enter into spaces that are not uh, created by yourself. And so they're not all the way comfortable, but places that you have to adapt to, right? All of the external stimuluses that that um, invade your, your body and your mind and your spirit throughout the day is happening when you go to the brick and mortar, the place outside of your home. And so what kind of stamina do you have? You know, the mental exhaustion in terms of having to deal with other people in, 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 um, in the shared spaces, you know, takes practice. And we're out of that routine. We're out of that. We're, we're out of those, those habits that allowed us to be together. You know, because when you're in your own home, you're with the family, you're with your tribal or your tribe. You know, and these are these are individuals that you're comfortable with and you've been with for some time. It also it's a limited number of people that you're around because you're in your home. So maybe your, your home could range from anywhere from two to five, uh, two to ten. And that is your home. But now you're going into a corporate environment or any environment, work environment, where now you get many people. Now, if you have clients and customers in that same space, then you double and you triple those number of people that have to coexist in one space. People are having trouble. You know, one of the things that I saw initially coming out of the home was traffic, the intolerance people have for one another in traffic, you know, the, the road rage, the elevated road rage and, and, and the rush to get somewhere or the rush not to be in traffic or the rush not to have to be stopped or to have to wait 
people, everybody wanted it instantly. And they wanted to get there and the patience was little to none. You know, then you get into the world of work and, and the tolerance for one another and the impatience for, um, for each other's attitudes or uh, dispositions is pretty low, you know. There's an incident that's really recently happened with Momo where the, where the um, a patron got upset with uh, being banned from the museum and decided he was going to uh, jump over the counter and attack two uh, two employees and stab them. You know, unacceptable. But mental health is on the rise because we are not built anymore to deal with one another. In a civilized way, we have to begin to practice. We have to build new routines and strategies for dealing with one another and coexisting. You know, are we able to code switch? How do we code switch? What does that look like? You know, it's okay to be comfortable within yourself, but we have to code switch. We, you know, besides being professional for work and looking the part, you know, it's also, you know, being the part, you know, and, and, and actually wearing, you know, a mask. Code switching is about wearing a mask and, and being able to, to exist in environments the way that environments need us, the way the environment needs us to exist in order for us to be effective in our work. That didn't have to happen in our homes. There were moments where we had to look the part as we got on our streaming services like Zoom or Teams. The professionalism was limited in that way, but then we were antisocial, reclusive, in our own environment, safe, sheltered, isolated. And now you're asking us to ignore this lapse in time, this frozen moment in history where some of us have been out two to almost three years out of an environment where we had to work with others and coexist and be in spaces that we're unfamiliar with and not the most comfortable and to be productive. So we're missing the signals from one another of what we used to be because we're no longer what we used to be. We are what we are now, post-pandemic, new people, the new normal, built with intolerance, tribalism, desensitized, unable to connect. We are in the transition from remote world. Can it ever be the same? Companies are starting to think twice. But some people want it to be the same. They're grabbing, they're grasping, they're, they're struggling to get back to the old normal, to get back to the brick and mortar, to get back into the schedule that they had, the chaotic schedules that we had, the chaotic commutes that we had to go to work, all of the chaos and the things that had them feeling safe at one point. But many people had the time in their remote structures to reflect on what it means to have a balanced work life or what family means to them and what's most valuable because when people were looking at a matter of life and death and socializing with one another at the um, at the jeopardy of losing your health, people had to think twice, right? People had to think twice. No one is racing to the old. Some are racing to the old, those who are looking to have some semblance of control and normalcy and the feeling of safety because they they feel uncomfortable with the unknown. But it will never be the same. There are options other than the, the brick and mortar. Where will this leave us? 
Are we continuing to be interdependent? Well, we are interdependent in the world of work, in this global economy, where everybody needs to contribute to make this thing go round. But what does it mean for for the future of our intimacy when devices like Meta and other devices where we can go virtual and have these conversations and be intimate in a perfect world or a space that we can create intimacy that really doesn't exist in the physical sense. How much help is there for all of those people that are transitioning from post-stress, post-stress traumatic disorders coming out of the pandemic? People who have been traumatized and are dealing with several mental ill, several or some mental health issues that they don't even know exist until they're triggered by some external uh, interaction with the world of brick and mortar. Be careful out there and be mindful, people. This is not over. Pay attention to the behaviors of your neighbors, of the people around you. They're still recovering, and so are you. Take care. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to Pushing Boundaries. Once again, my name is Sharif Rucker. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please do me a favor by commenting, subscribing, and sharing this podcast with everyone you know. All of these things are free and take very little effort, but would mean the world to me. Thanks again, and stay tuned.